then and welcome to this, the next episode, the second episode of Fit Over 45 with me, Gareth Boot and... Me, Sue Cowlishaw. So you did introduce the first episode, didn't you? I did, yes, we'll I insisted. Yeah, we'll take it in turns. turns. So the first one was, it was well received. Mm, so you said? No, it did. A lot of people listened to it. So hopefully some of those people that listened last week will be listening again this week. Um, so... I thought today's episode would be a bit of an interesting title. I thought it might get a few people wondering, what's that all about? Because the title of today's episode is How I Lost Eight Pounds in Five Days. <gasps> Gosh. Well, you know I lost five pounds in eight days. You know yeah. why I did, how I did it as well. And that's what we're talking about because it's because of you I lost that five pounds. Mm. Eight pounds eight in pounds. five days. The other way around. Um, so, I think it's an important subject, this, because one of the big challenges... I know you find with your ladies, because you've got like a, a ladies group, haven't you? I have. I've got a ladies group with nearly a thousand people you in are. it now. Well, I've got a much smaller group um, and mine has people in, again, over the age of 45. And one thing that, that seems to come up a lot is the issue around weight management. Mm. Well, specifically losing weight. Most people would like to be a little bit more slender. It's an emotional subject. It's a very emotional subject. And I think it's one that... Most people have got an opinion on, and I certainly think that there's a lot of stuff out there. We know that around how to lose weight, if you like. Um, probably two, two here in the UK, probably two of the biggest um, names you associate with weight loss are Weight Watchers and Slimming World, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Your green days and your red days, I think they are. I think I'm probably quite lucky I've never had to go on a diet or join groups like that. Why do you think you're lucky? Um, I don't. I think it was the environment I was brought up in. Um, we had we ate very quite plain food really, um, and we didn't eat a lot of it because um, we were a family of five and there wasn't a lot of money around. So it's not that we starved or anything, but we weren't encouraged to um, eat more than we needed. We did have puddings occasionally, but but everything was homemade as well. So I feel quite fortunate to have been brought up in that time where we know how to cook and feed ourselves um, properly, if that's the word. Yeah, well, saying that, I mean, I know I know both your sisters, um, so you were brought up in the same household, but yet they don't have the same attitude towards food and cooking that you do, do they? No, I, I think it's because they were single for many, many years. So they had a single life. And I think that's quite different because I got young, I got young, I got married younger and, and had my daughter. So I had a small family from being quite young, whereas they lived in London and they were out and they worked late and they went out straight from work. So I think they got into a different environment when they went to live in London as single people. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose I have a, a similar story. I grew up in a, in a household where it was very much about eating good food. I'm saying good food. It was very basic food. Yeah, it's very plain. And I always remember that my mother used to cook meals that they were kind of... I'm sure we didn't eat them every single day, but you kind of remember certain meals, I think, from your childhood. I think meal, meals that have meaning. And the one thing my mother used to cook really well was uh, was shin beef. Or um, what, what's the other thing? The shin beef and braising steak. You know, that, that kind of slow-cooked yeah. beef. Um, and that would be deposited on an evening with um, with kind of like mash and, and green green veg and things like that. So I always recall a dish like that. And I think my mother used to do another one, which she used to a mincemeat plate pie. <laughs> you and your mincemeat plate pie. Well, do you know what? She's been right funny about that as my mother because she makes right good pastry. 
She won't let you have the recipe. She won't uh, let recipe. me have the recipe. And, I'm, and it's got to a stage now where there's a, there's a little bit of joking in it, but I, I, I get a bit... Yeah, but you know your nephew's got it. Well, he, he may have. Just, <laughs> just push your microwave slightly away from your mouth, so it's just a little bit loud. Better. Is that better? That should be better. Yeah, I think my nephew's got it, so clearly she, you know... You see, my mum wasn't um, a particularly good cook, and we had the... Um, the challenge of my father, who was really, really tra- traditional. And um, I just remember my mum once making spaghetti bolognese and my dad were like absolutely horrified. <laughs> He's he just like sulked and didn't speak to her for days. Well, I think because we, because, I mean, I, I was, I remember growing up, how, I'm not sure the kids of today or the younger people of today can ever appreciate what it was like to not have some of the things we currently have. So, for instance, you know, you talk there about spaghetti bolognese. I mean, that was a big deal. And I, mm-hmm. I know you remember it, but there was, there was, I remember when we were younger, there was only one pasta you could get, one spaghetti. Yeah. And it came in like a really long blue bag. It was really long. I mean, like now you see it in supermarkets, like eight, nine inches long. But this thing was a right long blue bag. And even, I didn't know this, but it wasn't that many years ago where olive oil was only available at a chemist and it was sold as a medicinal thing. You used to put it in your ears. Yeah. Heat it and put it in your ears. But you know, this has just brought another question. My mother made spaghetti bolognese. I'm guessing 40 years ago, 40, no, maybe 45 years ago. I bet there's a lot of people now that still don't know how to make spaghetti bolognese. Well, I mean, just... Just in case you're wondering what, how I lost the, the, the eight pounds in five days. <laughs> Shall we're, we get com- back? We're com- no, we're coming to that. But I think this is an important conversation to have. Because I think that when, when I suppose if you go back to the kind of the 80s and, and, and those times, there were certain products out there food-wise, which if you mentioned it to somebody of a certain age, anybody over 45 would probably think of quite fondly, like there was Vesta Curry's. Mm. Remember the Vesta curries and there were Vesta paella and there were Vesta chow mein. Lemon meringue pie. Lemon meringue pie. And things like the the spaghetti bolognese was generally made, you bought the mince and onions and then you added a packet, like a Schwartz, whatever mm. they were called. But I think what's happened now is that there are that many kind of, you know, you just buy the sauce, add the mince. Um, and, and I'm not sure people would be able to make a, a spaghetti bolognese from scratch with all the ingredients and stuff. And I think whenever you have that, whenever you have a, a bought in a jar, there's, there's a question, what's in that jar? Mm. Because... Hidden calories. Well, not just hidden calories. I don't think there's the same... I mean, you know, we both talked here about how we grew up eating home-cooked food. And I think your mother, certainly for me, played a, played a massive part in my um, development with food because she was under the, the, predominant, the, 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 the majority of cooking in the house. My dad was the kind of person who he would be in charge of like buying the meat and carving and cooking meat. So my dad was, my dad taught me all about, if you like, butchery. So the one thing that I, I got quite good at from an early age was understanding different cuts of meat, how to cook them. And my mother was one that did more of the kind of the, the, the day-to-day cooking. So she taught me about cooking. And I remember, in fact, I still got it in the little cubby hole here in his office. There's a book in there and it's a Delia Smith cookbook she bought me. And it, I mean, it's, the thing's falling apart, but she taught me to cook. We were encouraged to cook. And f- and for me, that's there's a little bit that I'm missing these days. Children don't seem to know how to prepare meals anymore because everything's all about convenience and they want it quicker. And we have seemed to have moved into a world now where the takeaway is playing a bigger part in people's nutrition than it should. 
You know what, though? I had a conversation with my mother just this morning. Because of kind of like the economic um, times we find ourselves in, you know, we've just come out of a pandemic and there's wars and stuff. Money is a little bit tighter for a lot of people. I wonder if that's going to encourage people to start home cooking or looking at what they eat and, and being more mindful. Personally, I think it will encourage manufacturers of food to make it cheaper. Okay. And I think what will end up happening now is there, there will be a... I mean, it should. It should go that way. People should learn to, to do more. I mean, I think we probably mentioned this a little bit. Once we talk about how this, how I lost this, how I lost this weight, I think we can discuss some of the things that we did over lockdown briefly. Because in and of itself, what we learned through lockdown as far as feeding ourselves was concerned, I think is an interesting journey we went on. And we proved that we could eat very cheaply and very well um, just through knowledge. And I think that's what people are missing. I don't think it's the people... I don't think people don't want to home cook. I think a lot of people are scared of it. I think they don't know how to do it. Mm. So what ends up happening then is if, if you've kind of... If you've worked, and I mean, I don't know whether your mother worked full-time or part-time... Well, which one? Full-time or part-time? My mum always worked full-time as as long as I can right. remember. Well, well, my mum worked part-time, and I remember that, you know, she used to work mornings, and she'd start at six and finish at one, and then her afternoon would be, would be taken up sort of doing house cleaning and chores, and then she would be she would be cooking. And I remember one of, the, one of the vivid memories I've got growing up is it's Saturday afternoon, because I remember it because there was wrestling on the telly. There used to be wrestling on the telly. And then they also used to be... The football scores come on, but back in then there was the vidi printer. You might remember it, but and all sports things that come. Yeah, vaguely. Well, I remember one Saturday afternoon, and I remember on a Saturday afternoon how she'd cook a meal, and we'd go into the kitchen, and the kitchen was just completely steamed up, you know, because she's got pans boiling with veggie, and and it's it's cold outside. Yeah, no double glazing. No double glazing. So there's condensation on the window, and I always remember food being a big part of our life growing up it was always about meals and meals we had with different members of family and, and we always seem to congregate around meals and i think people haven't done that anymore i think there's more about we said convenience you know people having eaten at different times so i think this basically comes down to one thing which is right now whether you're listening to this and you're in the uk or europe or you're listening in america we have a problem with obesity it's something we have to face you know it's it's not a secret Despite the fact we'd like to make it popular, um, and some people would like to popular, no, we don't want to body shame people, which, which I agree with, but we're not dealing with the underlying issue, which is why are we as a nation and, and, and as a society getting bigger? And it's because we are not making the right choices with this food. So, are you going to tell us <sighs> okay. how you lost all that weight? I am going to tell you. So, I thought that would be interesting because it's important to understand this. Food is very emotional. Food is necessary, you know, it's up there with air and water, you know, if we don't have food, we die. So, just before Easter, you, with your ladies in your group, you put out there something you wanted to offer people, which was a chance to go on something called an Ayurvedic cleanse. True. You you saw it was done near spring because you kind of sold it almost and so, uh, the marketing around it was it's a spring clean. It's a for spring your body. clean. I did notice that people were struggling with like sugar addiction and eating too bigger portions. And I'd done the Ayurvedic cleanse before quite a long time ago, and I remembered about it. 
And I realized that it was a good way to reset your body. So reset what a portion is, reset how much sugar, you know, not to have those sugar cravings. So I invited a few people and I was very surprised about 14 people um, joined because it's um, not easy. Well, we'll come on to that because what 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 basically happened was Sue ran this with the group and and for the kind of purposes of being transparent of the 14 people that signed up some didn't make it to the end no some for for different reasons different commitments couldn't follow through with it cuz we'll, we'll say that but what what I was doing is because I kind of do I do Sue's marketing for her so I was kind of I'm I'm although I'm I'm a man um in a ladies group I'm still I, I'm in the back end of it kind of looking at what's going on because I do the kind of marketing and I manage a Facebook page for her. And what I found really interesting at the end of that cleanse was what people were saying to you. And one woman in particular said she had lost 10 pounds in five days. Mm. So we had 10 pounds in five days. One person who had acid reflux. It went. It completely went. We had somebody else who said that they had, had had a problem with sugar cravings and they completely went. Just about everybody who had sugar cravings, they, wet, they, they went. went. And then, a bit closer to home, you, you used to have an issue that when you when you didn't eat much, you'd have low blood sugar and you'd start to have a little bit of a shake. Yes. So the thing with Sue is just, just so you're aware of this, Sue, Sue's not, she's not big, she's quite short, you're five foot what? Two. She, Okay. <laughs> there are shorter people. Okay, okay. You're not what I'm saying, you're not tall, you're quite small, you're quite petite, and, and if she goes without food you can you can notice a demeanour change. She gets quite angry and you can see a little kind of tremor sometimes come over and that's down to lack of uh It's low blood it's sugar. Low blood sugar. And she used to have that all the time. And you did the cleanse and then after the cleanse your low blood sugar disappeared. Yeah, it's never come back. It's never come back. So what happened is there was the, the weight loss the um, the acid reflux, there was the sugar cravings gone in your um, blood sugar. Another so, one was um, a couple of people had digestive issues, IBS, and they'd eased massively. Right. So every single person that took this cleanse on, that took it through till the end, had seen some positive effects. And then, well, me being me... I actually thought, well, that's interesting. And th- there was also another couple of things came out, wasn't there? That was There was talk of people expressing certain emotions. That there was an emotional cleanse that came, which was quite powerful. And I think it took a lot of people by surprise. A yeah. lot of, a lot of um, emotions came up and moved, you know, maybe suppressed emotions, especially in my um, circumstances, things that you've ignored or kind of pushed away. They all came up and... and and left, which was a, a, a lightning and, and a relief as well. So once once we'd experienced or you'd experienced that and I'd seen all that, my obvious question was, well, is this just something that ladies do? Is it is it because the ladies have experienced that? And I do think it was interesting because, again, some of the people that I work with and, and, and certainly had on fit over 45, you know, that's mixed male and female. I thought, well, I wonder how this would work for men. And, and I'm a great believer in you should never ask anybody to do anything you've not done yourself so I thought do you know what I'm, I'm going to give it a go so we agreed because I was going to do it over Easter and we didn't like that idea because we had got a couple of things planned that way mm. but we agreed that on the Tuesday after bank holiday Monday at Easter I would take on a five-day cleanse which would take me through Tuesday through to the end of Saturday and 
I'm going to talk, I'll talk more at the end because I want you to explain a little bit more about what the process was. But I'll explain in what the results I had. I mean, clearly, one of the results is I lost some weight. I'll talk about that. But I think there were other things that came out. Um, but this this is an, an Ayurvedic cleanse. And I suppose the, that begs the first question. For anybody who doesn't know the word Ayurveda or Ayurvedic, what, what is Ayurveda? So just just give us a quick a quick rundown. Quick of rundown. What I've, Ayurveda is? It's um it's translated into the science of life, and it's a sister science that runs alongside the yogic principles, and it looks at using food as a way to keep us well. So eating foods for our particular body type, not everybody um, needs the same types of food. So not not even looking at food to make, to heal us, but to look at food to keep us balanced and keep us well. Right, just just go through them body types. I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to move to another chair because I haven't realised this is proper creek. I'm on a, I'm on an office chair and it's proper creek, so I'm going to move to another chair while Sue just explains. There's only three body types you can have in Ayurveda. Explain what they are, Sue. Um, the three body types are doshas, as they're called, are pitta, vata and kapha. And they all have different body types, as in physical body types, and they also have different mental and emotional body types. It's far too complicated to to just go into. No, I, I did, I, what I really wanted to say that is there's a there's a pretty good indication you can you can have, you can pick up pretty much what your dosha is quite quickly. So when Sue first started talking about Ayurveda. what was really interesting, she, she made this comment that you know me and her are not compatible with food. And I, and I couldn't understand that. And it was that the foods I enjoyed and I really liked had a different effect on Sue. Not that she didn't enjoy them, but they weren't good for her. So the one thing that that it showed was um, I am a... What am I? Vata. I don't know. I'm a Vata. So for me, that's that's kind of an airy kind of... Um, damp. Damp kind of dosha. So for me... Certain foods such as chilies and certain foods like that are spicy, they're very good for my dosha. They make me feel good. But they they have the adverse effect on Sue. They cause Sue to sweat because Sue is a pitta. And a pitta is somebody with a much hotter body. As in the, the stuff they eat should try to cool them down. And the stuff I'm eating is trying to kind of warm me up. So, for instance, if Sue sits down eating a, a salad with loads of cucumber and things like that, she loves it. And I dislike cucumber and I thought, I just don't like it. I like chilies. She likes them, but they have a bad effect on her. So Ayurveda was something I, I was aware of. But what was interesting when you've got these three body types of Ayurveda is how once I knew what the characteristics were, you can pick them up in people. You can. And the point of the cleanse was to balance those yes. doshas, no matter what your body type is. You always have a predominant dosha, but to be honest, you need to have all three of them in perfect balance to be balanced, to be a balanced yeah. human. So the cleanse was about balancing and and clearing out, really, resetting the body from bad habits or, or things okay. we've been eating that weren't great for us. And the reason I mentioned that about the food was because on this cleanse, and, and I will say it's a cleanse, not a fast, and, and I think some people may misunderstand this. This is not about denying yourself food, far from it, actually, and I'll... I'll well, we will talk more about the experience I had with it, but this is about eating actually a lot of food. In some cases, for me, it was more food than I'd normally eaten without a cleanse. So it's not it's not a, it's not a fast; it's a cleanse. But the food we ate, it was the same food for five days, 
And what was interesting is because you're a certain dosha and I'm a different dosha, you found the, the cleanse, the food you ate on the cleanse, a bit more difficult to stomach than I did. I quite I enjoyed it. Mm. I have to be honest. I found it really, really tasty. You, not so much. Yeah, I mean, we 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 ate something called kichare, which is a balancing. Well, don't just don't just jump dish. into that too quick. Explain that because th- there's three elements to the cleanse, wasn't there? There was a physical thing we did every morning. We did physical stuff. We dry brushed. So start. So we'll start off on what day one looked like. So day one, there are, there are some there are certain components, and we'll we'll kind of talk you through the day as to what components these cleanse took on. So the first thing on the morning when we woke up, generally most people. Certainly, Sue used to drink coffee and tea. Um, I don't drink coffee and tea, but so part of the cleanse was you couldn't drink anything that had any stimulants in it. In fact, you couldn't drink anything but water or a special tea. So we started the day with either water or the special tea. So what was a special tea? It was called CCFT and it is a detoxifying tea, but it's specifically for water retention. So that's why some people lost quite a lot of weight because the tea got rid of the the water retention. Okay. And CCF stands for? Coriander, cumin and fennel. So this was the tea that was really tasty. I quite enjoyed it. And it was one of them teas, I don't know if you've experienced it, if you sometimes smell herbal teas, they smell different to the taste. So this tasted quite, um, smelled quite horrible. It smelled quite very cuminy. Um, you said to me it smells like biryani. It smells like a biryani because it's cumin. Um, and I'm not a big cumin fan. Um, so you start off with the tea. Then the next part of the phase, what we did then is before you have your shower on the morning, we do we had dry brushing, so Sue so got us to dry brush. We also used tongue scraper to get rid of toxins. And, um, yeah, journaling was another thing that we asked people to do, or I asked people to do, just so they could write down the thoughts um, during the, the time they were cleansing to see what was going on or what was coming up for them. So that was quite, um, there was a lot of awareness coming out as well. Yeah, and the, and, the, and then we ate this dish, and so, so the meals you could eat them three times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, was just a basic lentil dish, wasn't it, called kachari? Yeah, and we had, you could have oats for breakfast, overnight oats soaked in, sounds really exciting, water with chia seeds, um, no sweeteners, which is something I eat every day anyway, but I do tend to put a teaspoon of honey in, so I took the honey out. And that was our breakfast. And then the kachari came for lunch and dinner. And you could kind of, you know, there were a couple of chutneys in there. You could have steamed dark green vegetables. And you could really, the portion size was up to you. But what was interesting is as the week went on, your portions naturally seemed to get smaller and smaller. Yeah, so so that that's the basic kind of outline of this, of the cleanse. There were certain processes during the morning that were to do with your body, drinking a certain drink, eating a certain food. And, you know, I found it very pleasant, probably more pleasant than you found it. I think you did struggle, didn't you, with the food? I struggled with the taste of yeah. the kachari. Well, Elsa, I mean, I this was a basic cleanse, but I had made it my own by putting the, the dry brush in, the tongue scraping, the journaling. But also there was things like switching your phone off, on a night, not having the blue light in your bedroom and getting more sleep. So being in bed, making sure you were in bed and not stimulated before you went to sleep. Things like that. So so bringing in other practices as well. Yeah, so I found that sort of a couple of days into it, 
I had no issues with, with hunger. Um, I, I, I purposely didn't weigh myself um, during the cleanse. I waited till the end. And, and I was aware that the food I was eating, the portions, were probably probably bigger than I, I thought they could have been. I mean, I, I, I wasn't hungry. I think I agree what you say after when it was going to the latter part of it. I think the last day was the hardest, mainly because it was a weekend. And, um, mm, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I say that because it was the first time that we, we were going somewhere and there was the option of somebody preparing some food for us. And, and I said I couldn't have that. And I, and I felt a little bit... Um, uh, maybe angry at that but you know you talked about the cleanse as the one, one of the side effects of the cleanse not a bad side effect one of the reasons we do it is to also there's can be some emotional release and I found myself being very um a bit frustrated and a little bit angry the last couple of days and I put that down to that it's maybe some suppressed anger and frustration um so I certainly noticed that in the last two days but this cleanse that I took on, you know, it was well run by Sue. She, she made she because she'd done it herself. She'd give me a lot of kind of feedback as to what to expect. So there were no kind of strange things come up that I weren't aware of. Um, and at the end of day five on the Saturday, when I woke up Sunday morning and weighed myself, I was eight pounds lighter than than when I started. And what's interesting is clearly we we presume a lot of it is water weight. But the two ladies in the group that lost, a lot, especially the lady that lost £10, she put a couple more pounds back on, but most of it didn't go back on. Yeah. Because she'd, she'd then picked up some different habits. But the big thing that came out of it for me was, A, I felt, I felt lighter. Um, I felt as though there had been some emotional release, and I think that was important. There'd clearly been some frustration and anger building up somewhere, and that had the chance to come out. Came out quite comfortable. I don't think it came out in a very, very bad way, but I could feel it coming out. More frustration than anger. But the interesting thing, because that's nearly three weeks ago now for me, maybe even coming up to four. The one thing that people had said had happened to them is they they lost any sugar cravings, and I had none. I mean, even now they don't come back neither. The, the sugar craving completely went, and that for me was the big deal because although I am slim and I do class myself as healthy, um. I did used to eat desserts, sweets, chocolate, you know, stuff like that. Well, it, I didn't say it played a huge part in my diet, but it, it played a part in it several times a week, even in small amounts. And since then, I, I have no desire whatsoever. In fact, so much so that we went out last night for some food and when we came back, you had a little bit of ice cream. I did. And I just didn't want any. It's like it's not that I'm, I'm having to kind of force myself not to eat the sweet stuff. I don't really crave it. So I think that that for me was the, one of the biggest things that came out of this cleanse was the fact that I'd felt lighter, the emotions moved through me, then the sugar cravings have gone. Mm-hmm. And, and have you kept your weight off? Yeah, my weight stayed exactly what it was. To, I mean, probably, probably a bit like the woman, I've probably put on about a pound, pound and a half. But I have been eating more because I suppose the one thing I need to be clear about is since then I'm now in a process of um, bulking up a little bit. I'm, I'm doing a bit more weight at the work at the gym, and I wanted to put on a little bit of weight to turn into muscle. So I'm, I'm in a different phase of eating right now. So the weight will go back on, but it won't go back on because it'll go, it's intentionally going back on. It's not going on because I'm going back and eating rubbish. I'm, I'm actually putting weight on by eating clean food because I need to bulk up. But that's, that's the start of another podcast. But I wanted to kind of share my experience because one of the things here at Fit Over 45 are going to, we want people to really understand is these things like Ayurveda, you've probably never heard of them. You know, if you were to maybe read some stuff about it or look at some of the books out there, they can be very difficult to understand. They're a bit 
they're a bit woo-woo, aren't they, really? <laughs> well, they are. They're, they're a well, bit, they're very ancient. They're they're, a, it's I ancient. But the one thing we've done now is we're putting together a, a course, because Sue's already been running this course. So the course involves some videos to watch and also a group that you can have access to. If you're a woman, you can go to Sue's group. Um, if, if, the, if any men want to do it, you can come into my group. And... You know, we're putting it out there now that this this course is um, is available because we've we, you've run it twice now. Mm-hmm. The first time was like a bit of a test. The second time you have some people come on there, they paid to be on that, that yeah. program the second time around, and they got some great results as well. So I think it's just something that if you are wanting to improve your fitness over forty five, you know, and and you kind of listen to these podcasts, you think, well, it's all about the gym and it's all about the the running or the, the you can't out train a bad diet. And this, for me, I think is where if you're looking to get into shape and improve your fitness, the first thing you should tackle is your food. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. Before you go near any gym. So before you kind of get into that, whether you're going on a bulking diet or a cutting diet, whatever your challenges and your goals might be with your with your kind of your training, what I would absolutely suggest you look at is doing some form of cleanse. I think it's a good point to start your journey into fitness on. So. What you want to do is if you go to if you go to the website fitover45.com, there will be a link on there to this program, and um, it'll be we'll be starting. I'll still be doing another one of these very shortly. So if it's something you're having some interest in and you think you'd like to take part in the cleanse and be part of this, you know, it's not um, a huge investment, but I think it's a worthwhile one because if if you could, if all that you did was lose a couple of pounds and get rid of your your sugar cravings. You know, I think that's a big big uh, big deal. <laughs> a big deal. And and the other thing it has done for you just. I've just reminded me, I don't have the problem because I don't drink coffee. You used to drink two or three cups of coffee a day, two cups of coffee a day. I did. And now you're drinking no coffee every now and again. Yeah, I've had the odd one or two. I just had, I I thought I only had a couple of drink cups of coffee a day, but my um, withdrawal headaches were were quite extreme, which kind of showed how toxic the caffeine had been. Um, So I'm not going back to that again. So that's something again, again, transparency you know sue did have a lot of headaches the first couple of days that was detoxing from caffeine so if you are a big caffeine you know caffeine drinker caffeine coffee drinker you may experience that so you know i I want to try to give you a balanced opinion on this i found it probably more comfortable than sue did i had one or two little bits of discomfort emotionally towards the back end sue had a few kind of physical things like the, the coming off the caffeine a little bit of a headache but at the end of it i think we both agreed we came out of it feeling lighter fresher um more focused um more energy it just added, added so many 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 effects so so that's it so the podcast episode today was called how i lost eight pounds in five days and that's how i did it doing an ayurvedic cleanse um done by susan so anything to add before we um call it a day um no i just i would suggest if people have an issue with maybe water retention or the big one which is sugar cravings i would definitely suggest a cleanse definitely so there you go so if you are interested flick over to fitover45.com um, and if you go to our courses there's a little link on there to courses and you'll see the uh the little um bit on there it'll mention it said it'll say the cleanse and um, just put your details in and we'll um we'll then get in touch with you as and when we're running it again so there you go episode two done yeah anything to add before we go no. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be back again next Wednesday. Listen, one thing before we do go, if you have listened to this and you've enjoyed it, please consider subscribing and you get a little notification every time we put a new podcast out there. And there will be new podcasts now every Wednesday at some point. And uh, until the next one. 
Ciao. <laughs> Take care.